near the level of depravity <laughs> as the adult uh, pound puppies. Oh, oh yeah, it, dude, dude, no words. I'm not, yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even. I don't even feel comfortable saying what they call well, themselves. I feel okay? like you kind of already have given me some sort of an indicator. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't look, think you need to say a whole look. lot more than that. <laughs> you dirty dog. <laughs> you know what I mean. No, this opens uh, up a new uh, revenue stream for you, Nathan. Maybe some themed <laughs> sour juice and these, like in the brony and the pound puppy Oh, dude, this show just went in a whole different direction. Welcome to the party. We are looking for more of your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and gaming culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning party members. Let's welcome back Renfell. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Also, welcome back the Ned Nathan Napalm. Hello. The shower juice. Yeah. <laughs> and Daedalus. Welcome back, buddy. Hello, everyone. So before we start, uh, got to give a shout out to all of the supporters here on YouTube, Patreon and here on Twitch. Uh, thanks so much for your subscriptions, for your support and keeping this party's bags packed. Provision stock for all of our adventures here on the show. Speaking of the show, if you'd like to do us a solid, you can go over to our uh, Twitter post at the LFM show. Go to the top pinned post there and click on the iTunes review. Go give us a five-star review. Leave us a great comment and tell us how we're doing. And if you do so, we will read that here live. Also, you can uh, leave a call in at 1-539-664-6801. We actually have a caller and a call in to play today. So that's going to be coming in. And I'll tell you who it actually is because I don't think they actually said their name. But um, before we do that, why don't we catch up with the cast and see how y'all been doing? What have you been up to? It's been a couple weeks since our last one, our last uh, actual episode. I think I had to cancel last week, and I think the one before that we had to cancel as well. But what have y'all been up to in the past couple weeks? What's been going on? In no particular order here. For me, it's just been work. I got all the everything's done on the source books for the weave in the void. So I officially finished all the content yesterday. I've only got like three tables left and more artwork from Nathan to put in, but it is done, which means I'm two weeks ahead of schedule. And now I get to go do something else for the rest of the, for the rest of the month, um, which is cool. So that's, that's been really the only thing I've been doing other than just continuing to settle into the new house. And, um, not, I mean, not a ton of gaming. We are planning. Uh, we got the announcements about the uh, uh, EverQuest TLP servers. So our gaming community has picked a server. We're heading there in June, uh, a couple weeks after they launch. Uh, I got some P99 stuff. Not nudge, nudge, wink, wink, in the works. Wait a uh, minute, TLP EQ2, EQ1, EQ1. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, it's gonna be a weekend warrior type thing. I think we're going in on Saturdays and Sunday mornings for nice. Like, just just a little bit i don't want to do it because i'm still playing lotro so i'm not willing to disconnect from lotro but we have a we have a dozen or so people who are like really want to play the next tlp and i was like you know what if we did it if we treated it like a saturday sunday morning cartoon session yeah. i'd be happy to do that because then it's just saturday sunday mornings and it's not a big deal so um um that's it for me just 
onwards and upwards. Um, yep. Uh, for me, it's just been focused more on just getting some things situated with my house that I'm selling. So mm-hmm. we've got a bunch of people showing up here and an offer in and accepted. So now just going through the process. That's been what I, what's consuming me outside of the work thing and, uh, you know, hanging out with the community. Right on, man. How about you, uh, Nathan? Or do you already kind of elaborate a little <clears throat> bit more? I've, uh, I've, uh, kind of just been, uh, making video content and, um, prepping, uh, prepping my, life for uh the change because yeah. i'm uh leaving the 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 old nine to five i can say it now because okay uh, i was like oh shit <laughs> i had to i had to break it because like uh okay. some higher ups were making these big plans right and i was uh, like i can't i can't just let them like make all these plans that like literally are not going to make sense in a month and a half so mm-hmm. i had to break it to them so i can openly say i'm going full-time youtube and content creation there you go um at the end of may uh oh, june yeah. june 1st i'll be 100 percent um on my own exciting man it's really exciting well i kind of have an announcement that i don't know how many of the people who are actually here know about this yet um i know i talked about it on the uh i know i talked about on the ashes pathfinder podcast uh and i think we talked about it over on sunday during the uh dd chat we mentioned it yeah i think so so I guess so if you watch this podcast and you weren't in any of those domains, because I know there's at least a small handful of people that that might apply to. Um, I've been talking about working on my books for a while now and how I've been doing a lot of world building this year to get things tied together, get the first one written. And I've been teasing for a while that I might, 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 big might, depending on the circumstances and if it logistically looked like it was really feasible for me to do this. Um, create an open world, uh, you know, not an MMORPG, but an RPG game. And I stress not MMO. I'll never touch that genre. I don't ever want to touch it because <laughs> F that the kind of work that goes into that. There's no way I'd sign up for that kind of headache in my life, but an open world RPG that I can hang with that also would tell the kind of story that I'd want to tell to help fill the gaps in between the first and the other books. Um, and uh, it's been coming together like so great. So like, anyway, I'm not announcing the name of it or anything yet. It's also the name of the overall PIP. I'm not announcing anything about a release or anything like that right now. I'm working on, um, I've been doing stuff in unreal engine five. Uh, I think right now the majority of what I'm actually creating is like the world building element. Um, getting the world building part done, taking my time with that, learning a lot of the tricks of the trade with Unreal Engine 5 and, and kind of like learning that. Meanwhile, also on the side, doing some digital art uh, coursework to transition from being like a like physical medium artist to a digital medium artist. Uh, so I've got some, I've got a nice uh, art drawing pad that's coming in uh, that's going to be here probably and probably order it in like next week or something because i got a timeline for everything but uh i'll be working on like you know concept art environment like um you know concepts and stuff like that creature concepts and all the uh you know like logos and all those things like off to the side so it's pretty exciting that's going to be happening i feel like it's going to be a great way to tell like a pretty big chunk of story i don't actually really plan on touching on a whole lot in the uh in the books anyway um it's in kind of a dark period so and i gotta promote this i gotta promote people exercise i gotta tell you 
it is like my bread and butter, right? I work out it's about six days a week and I make sure if all else fails, I hit my cardio because during my cardio is where some of the best creativity happens for me out of anything. Cause I'm like, I got all these pieces to tie together and I could do a good bit of work, you know, just like sitting down and doing it. But man, it just flows naturally when I'm on that bike doing cardio, vegging out to like just music playing. And then my head just, my brain just gravitates to that space, man. And uh, every day I do that, like something more, more and more beautiful happens. And I'm just like, Ooh, so I'm like, I'm loving, I'm loving the creative space and just creativity in general lately. It's been, it's been amazing. Now, with that being said, do apologize on missing a couple episodes. It wasn't really planned. Uh, life circumstances just kind of hit. I think more than one of us kind of in that period, myself included. And it was like, ah, it's just easier to not really roll the dice on on the podcast for a couple weeks in a row. And last week, instead of even rolling the dice that I could be delayed this week, I just hammered all the stuff out I had in two different weeks to do and did it in one day. Um, and here we are. We're good to go. We got a lot to talk about. Um, I know that a couple people might be sweating their ass off in their homes right now. So uh feels bad. Um, if you all feel like you're getting close to tap out, just let me <laughs> let me know. Because uh sweat. I forgot what that feels like. I uh, living up here in Wisconsin. Oh my god. I forgot. I forgot about sweat. Oh, that's so <laughs> ridiculous. But you know, that, <laughs> that brings us that actually are we ready for our call in? This one's a, this is gonna be a yeah. good one to get the get the get the night started. This is one of the homies in uh, Knights of the Phoenix. I'm not gonna say who. We're gonna see who can guess in chat. And if you're going, wait, but Sim, I can't see chat. I'm listening to it. This is why I encourage you to be here live on Thursdays at 5 p.m. Central, homies. You know, be here live because some of that yeah. you just don't get on YouTube and you just don't get um yeah, you don't get it in the audio places. So I'm going to play this. We got our first call into the show. And here we go. G'day, Merg. It's John from Stream of Byproduct Solutions in, in Australia. Um, so we've recently received your uh, your your messages, and uh, we've, we're quite happy to work with you and your new products. Um, so we've, we've seen the, uh, the videos of your uh, casting couch, I believe you've called us. Um, yeah, that's 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 okay. That's that's fine. We can work with that. Um, we're just a little confused about why you wanted your finishing move to be called "Let's Let Lights Justice Ring." Um, if you could just abbreviate on that a little bit, that'd be great. Um, now, the byproduct that you've given us is something called Synth Garnish. Um, can we? We don't actually know what this is. Could, if you could just elaborate on that a little bit, that'd be great. Um, and just, just also let your uh, other stream, streamer co-worker know that we're still trying to work on the deal on the uh, flavor of the day. Um, Salty Tears seems to be a big hit, and we were hoping to get another one. Um, yeah, so you, you get your grant to contact our grant, and uh, we'll uh, get back to you. Um, okay, first of all, I didn't reach out to anybody. That was Armored Cell, by the way, in the community, right? So first of all... Uh, there, I don't have an explanation for the casting couch reference, homie. Number one, that was not me. Number two, let lights justice reign. It's it's a bit of a slogan uh, for bringing the hammer down on some fools, um, potential trolls. That sounds like something familiar uh, to you. Also, uh, in regard to Sims Garnish, uh, I didn't. I don't know what that even references. That's so kind of a weird, awkward. Uh, I don't really know what to say about that. Um, that sounds like 
something Donver would probably have said related to uh, wanting me to spin up a, an OnlyFans, which will never happen, by the way. Um, there, there's that. But yeah, um, so it sounds like, Nathan, you, they've got an idea for your shower juice. If you want me to connect you with them, I they didn't leave their details for me, so I don't really know. I, I still consider it a bit of a troll. Um, yeah, I just want to reference again. I did not call in. So, but thanks for calling. You're our first caller, right? So I appreciate yeah. you calling in. Um, that was pretty funny. When I got that, when I when I listened to it for the first time, I died. I just like <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I, I had tears in my eyes. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, but yeah. Let me know what you, you know about that flavor. What you got? What kind of ideas you got going? You know, I'm always up for expanding the brand. You know. Yeah. No. No. Ninja looting reference. Forward slash sad face. I mean, let, <laughs> I, I don't know what to. I don't. I don't know what. I'll, I don't know what to say about all that. Um, I, I can't. You know, confirm or deny anything related to anything he said. I never once again called in and reached out for any any of those uh, things. I just want people to be aware that was uh, absolutely a false narrative around me. Again. Um, so yeah, I just appreciate if we could just be a little bit more honest, you know what I mean? With call-ins and like these, like things that you all say. Um, although I do understand salty tears is quite delicious. Um, <laughs> right um <laughs> so if we're going to be, we're just going to be a little more honest on the show. Okay. Is that, is that, is that what we do? I mean, we're going to, no, it's not really what we do. I mean, I'm honest. <laughs> I can't speak for you guys. Does this, does this, what I'm trying to get at here is, does this change any NDAs I might have signed or no? You signed any NDAs. <laughs> You're so ridiculous. For how many, oh my God, I can't believe you, dude. Oh, it's fun. You know, let's, let's get into the show, man. That was great. Armored Cell, I do appreciate you calling in. That was, that was good fun, man. And, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what other people who, uh, listen to this show or watch it, uh, have to say about that. Um, let's, I wanted to say, I'm going to share this here because it is Ashes of Creation related and people around the Ashes Pathfinder, uh, podcast and then the Ashes community were, um, I do some live streams. Sometimes we chat, there he is in chat. There's our words. <laughs> um, sometimes people are like, hey, Sim, we did Alpha 1. They missed seeing footage. They're all waiting. We're all waiting for Alpha 2. So it's like, yo, man, wish we had something to kind of get us by. So good news. If you are interested in Ashes of Creation, curious about Alpha 1 footage, want to see some random hobo running around in that game, acting like a champion, trying to bring a little bit of life's justice. It just so happens I cataloged every damn stream I had right? Including the days that we did our podcast here, including the days I did the Ashes Pathfinder podcast. I hit record or I downloaded the VODs. I got all of them. January, or sorry, July 9th of 2021, there was 9th, 10th, and 11th. And then we went through and it was around the first or something of August or whatever it was. And we, or no, it was, it was like, actually it was uh, several days later through to mid-August were the, the Alpha One period. So I saved everything. So I've got that footage and I'm except for episode zero. Except for episode zero. <laughs> except for episode zero. Right. You, don't, you didn't keep that one. Right, right. Yeah, I didn't keep episode zero <laughs> for some some odd reason. I can't really confirm so are, why that is either, but so you got dude. you got the you got the receipts. I don't have receipts. Saying? No, I don't. I didn't do anything shady. I don't have anything shady going on. I don't know what you're talking about. Dudes, 
It's so much footage, though. So if anybody's interested, I'm doing the playthroughs. I think the first one was like the whole day was like, I don't know, man. It was like 12, 13, 14 hours, something crazy. So wow. I'm breaking them down like an hour, hour and a half, roughly segments, because YouTube only allows you up to 10 gigabyte uh, files at a time. And that would not happen for a whole one, as evidenced by me and my attempt last week. So I'm rolling those there for anybody interested. Um, I've been putting the playthroughs up for our community night here. For anybody who's interested, we're doing City of Heroes again on Friday, this week, tomorrow. Um, we do that every week. Everyone's welcome to join in. It's free to play. It's on private server stuff. We do homecoming. So if you're interested in joining us, just drop by, hit up Discord. We've got a channel for it. Um, there we go. Can we talk about some of the shade real quick? I don't know if it's us throwing shade or if it's really just the shade of those others. But can we talk about number one? I saw this NFT game Ember Sword and a chat about oh, it this week. Jesus, yeah, dude, I saw that. Does so you saw? It. Does it give you Titan Reach slash? Oh, absolutely. Chronicles of Illyria vibes, like in between there. Absolutely, absolutely, oh, dude. It, it's copy paste feels like it. it's like we're not doing it on kickstarter but we're gonna find a way to monetize this on nft and blockchain because there haven't been a bunch of horror stories around that lately yeah dear lord man i was like uh no so i saw that game and i was like oh my gosh then camelot unchained came out with the recent update um was it really an update though it, it just looked to, yeah. me, to me it was a bunch of concept art well, like, well, it was titled their their update. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I, mean, I don't. I just don't branding, consider concept gentlemen yeah. branding. Yeah, <laughs> I don't consider concept art to be like. I think it's more of like a oh. you can't see this. We're still doing things. I want to put a pin in that one for the next game we're talking about, <laughs> right? Which is going to follow up now. Camelot Unchained is a game I do believe has always had the intention of launching. Sure. No doubt in my mind with that game, right? Um, but that was a lackluster. Every time I, I talk about this game, right, there's always a handful of like the white knights, which is understandable. People that are invested, they believe in it. They want it to happen. I get it. I understand why there's a white knighthood around that. Right. But with that being said, it's like, dude, you guys, I get that. You're like, yeah, but this is we were talking about stuff and testing. Well, they set rules. Someone said they set rules for chat because otherwise it would just be really negative if they talked about refunds and this and that. It's like, right. But don't just like, you know, what I mean, don't just not ever talk about it or address it at all. If you're saying you're going to yeah. refund people like, dude, come on, you guys. And then some people are like. Oh, well, it's, it's, this is, you know, these are really for the people. It's really more about the development. It's not really meant to be um, a, what was the word they used? Uh, publicity. It's not used for publicity. Then why bullshit. do it? Yeah, bullshit. If you're what, publicly doing anything about your project, it's publicity. Which is what sure. I said to that person, too. Yeah. Like, even please. if it is legitimately, even if it is a legitimate documentation attempt, because I'm a big fan of public documentation with all my projects. It's still publicity because I'm I'm selling you the behind the scenes access <laughs> that you used to have to pay. You know, you could, think about this before live stream everything else before Patreon was. You went to go see a band. You went to go see your favorite band. You spend fifty bucks instead of fifteen. You get a VIP pass. You get to go backstage. That's that's yeah. what people want. You know. Yeah. Right. 
Like, oh man, dude, there's like, I want to put a pin in that too. It's what people want. Let's just put a pin in that for another conversation later too. I feel like that's an important, an important one to revisit. Um, but yeah, Chronicles of Illyria had an update yesterday. I bounced on that one and covered it so fast, dude. I literally was like at a point where I'm like, I don't know if I got anything else I want to talk about this week on my channel. I feel like I'm good. And then that came out and I read through, laughed my ass off and was felt and I literally was filled with joy that I was about to talk about something that I was going to make me feel, you know, as much humor as I felt talking about it. So, um, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Does that mean you're not excited about the kingdoms of Illyria beta coming up? I mean, is it not obvious that this is his, this is the thing he's clinging onto. If there hadn't ever been a kingdoms of Illyria as part of their plan during development at any point that he'd have nothing. There'd be nothing. And it's just it's just slapped together too. Like, oh my gosh. To be honest, like that's just to say, look, we're do you know, there is a product, right? Um, a product, right? Yeah. It's not the one you asked for, it's not the one you paid for, but mm -hmm. it is a product. Um, yeah, and it's to all the backers. Sure. Even though they're you know even with how all many the, are even left? Like I don't know, man. The, the lawsuits happening and. This, the, I mean, come on. Like, normally, I, I normally like, you know, uh, I try not to like just bash on a developer, but I don't consider him a developer. I consider him a thief. Yeah. So he's I guess not a developer until he produces something he's not. Right. And everything he's like, everything that's really been showcased has been like some, you know, put together thing, never representative of the thing he talked about in the beginning or showcased in the beginning. I mean, it just degrades in quality all the way to where they're at now. And they're like showing off. Theirs is worse though, right? Look at our assets. And it's like literally store-bought shrubs. Like, fuck. It's like grass and it's like stuff. It's like grass and shrubs and stuff. And you're like, dude, what? And then the best part was, here's an apple. Here's how we could take an apple and look at our flow chart as an example of how an apple can be turned into apple crisp, apple pie, apple dweedle, and all these other great things you can eat in our game. And you're God like, damn. Dude, and with wood too, I'm like, this was like a big chunk of it. It was like, um, so you're taking the the literally the most basic things any human being can can tell you and putting it into some little quick chart and taking cuts of that as imagery to throw on there, just to overpopulate and over elaborate on something that could fit into like literally a couple small paragraphs. Really stuff, yeah, you don't even have to tell people, right? Right. Like Okay, there's mm -hmm. multiple recipes you can use for this <laughs> apple. Like, uh, bro, it's pretty bad. Like, the, the that actually really is like producing things specifically to say drop the lawsuit, right? Like, or you know, you can't sue me yet, uh, kind of thing. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't know if there's a time limit before he has to produce. I don't think there is. I think he can string people along for all the time. Eventually, he'll run out of money. Um, well, his, I think the theory would be hopefully by the by the if he does this for several years, he'll burn through the legal funding that the opposition has, and they'll eventually drop the lawsuits, and he's in the clear. Which yeah. means it's cheaper for him to try right. to do this than it is to fight the lawsuits. Yeah. Mm. Especially with what he's releasing, right? It's right. it's like borderline absurdly. Yeah, it's literally just overpopulate a massive, like just like ramble on about you know the most nonsensical 
things you could elaborate on for a game in development, throw in images that are trivial at best and fill it up as much as you can. So it looks like there's a lot going on there when there's really not. And it's one of the things that I see with Camelot and chain too. Although I don't believe it's a, it's a scam starter, right? But that's kind of what happens there. There's a lot of stuff going on. Let's populate as much as we can, drag out the live stream, talk as much as we can, answer questions, sometimes the same questions, and not really talk about some of the things that really need to be happening. And on both of these points, if, if you, in my opinion, authentically want your game to succeed, engage with your community and talk to the people. And neither one of them are doing it. And that's, you know, but Chronicles of Valyria is like, that ain't ever happened. And they censor it all, whatever. Like Camelot Unchained, I believe in my heart, I truly do mean this. There's a a little bit of a chance that they could redeem themselves if they made the right choices. But it's not, they're just not happening. It's not happening month after month. That engaging in community, not really happening. Like only with that, that small group of testers. Yeah, it doesn't look good, but yeah. it could still pull through. Um, I don't know. That's another situation where it's like, however much money they have, how long is it going to last? Mm. Because mm. it just feels like they don't have the staffing necessary to do. Right. Is there any confirmation on numbers, by the way? No. How many people they have? No. They even said in their last live stream that they've hired people, but it's like, yeah, but is it like replacing people who have left or... Is it like additional to the staff you have? What does that look like? And then just contractors, you know, because you can hire yeah, a contractor. Exactly. They might only they might only work five hours a week, but you can claim it as a hire. It's true because it's contract employee. So what's that actually? You know what I mean? It's, yeah, um, we're know, looking man. at uh, 2014 that that project began. Um, I remember that it was before eight, eight years. Yeah, they brought up Kickstarter 10. around yeah, a certain uh, time, but they were like teasing at it and talking about it even before that. Because I could swear that someone said ten years the other day, but if it was 2014, that's only been eight. So did they did they start working on it? I feel like okay. it's eight or nine is where they're at right now, but I don't know if that's like based on the Kickstarter or if, you know what I mean. If that's like, because like that's like talking about Ashes of Creation, right? Ashes of Creation Kickstarter in 2017 summer. I kind of, I mean, like, but we don't know exactly how long before that it was actually in development. We know that, like, it was sort of leaked that it existed because of a website. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. I was off. Uh, 2012. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. It's been 10 years. Damn. Whoa. Wow. It's actually 10 it's years. It's been 10 years and, like, not a lot to show, right? Like, oh, really, really not a lot to show. So, like, yeah. Um, Wow. Oh my gosh. And they got a lot more funding than most of these other projects that are out there too. Wow. I mean they got a they got a big big old chunk of funding. Um I don't know what so, to say. Jeez, I don't know I what to say. I, 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 I can I can tell you something. Mm. Um this is just another nail in the coffin of indie MMORPGs. Because here's a veteran of the industry and he can't even get his shit together good enough to release an MMORPG. And I want to say something else about this particular veteran. This yeah. particular veteran was head up of Dark Age Camelot, which yeah. if you go back in time, Mythic 
was just this I mean, we didn't have the word indie back then, but it was this tiny little closet, you know, office, Mm -hmm. uh, just a, I don't, I don't have numbers, but like 20 people. It was very, very, very small. And they got that game up and running and released. And, uh, it was like a year or two years, um, to success, you know, to like, now things have changed, right? Like, could you release a game? you know, with better graphics, but that ran and had the issues mm. Dark Age came out had back then today. Well, I would say no, but people do it all the time. So I guess you can. It would yeah. <laughs> it doesn't it isn't nobody's excited about it. But uh yeah, for sure. I know times have changed, but still that was him and he did that. Right. And it's and, true. and there there were challenges back then that aren't challenges now too. So um, you know, server issues and all that, it's much easier to just rent a server uh, on the cloud, et cetera, today. There's a lot of things that had to be hardware related, et cetera, um, that your team had to had to actually figure out the, right. the, you know, how to do it back then that you don't have to do anymore. So right. he shouldn't have tried to make his own engine, man. That was his biggest downfall, in my yeah. opinion. If he just picked Unreal yeah, or, or dude. Unity, even I don't think Unity could have done what he's wanting to do, but um, yeah, something and or just he could have used any engine to make the game and then made his own network stack. Mm-hmm. It's true, and we're in Unreal Engine five now. It's this is the name of the show today, the Unreal Era. We've entered the Unreal Era. Like this isn't just like a catchphrase. This is like real yeah. talk, man. Unreal Engine, holy shit. Yeah, and let me just say this. This isn't just for video games, no. right? I'm I, I'm not interested in making a game, but yep. I am interested in for video content making yep. things, right, that I can use as mm-hmm. video footage. Um, so it's a big this. deal, man. It's a really big deal. Like, uh, this is going to change entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, it already is. That's part yeah, of it. I, I was going to say it already has. <laughs> I mean, you got movies <laughs> doing entire already. world. Like mm-hmm. that's behind the scenes, right? And you think, oh, they're in a location. No, they got a green screen, and this yep. is unreal happening. Uh, the, if you've yeah. never watched what what Daedalus is just talking about, if you've never watched any of the behind the scenes featurettes on The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, the upcoming Obi Wan show, watch those because it's all unreal, and it's they're they're these huge three hundred and sixty in yeah. some cases, other cases one eighty. But it's they're these huge curved wall scenes or sets that are just projectors, and they've got the entire scene built in Unreal, and they project that, and then the actor has a small set that they've built to match the background, and the actors are on location. Like you don't have to go find a location to shoot on; you can actually just build it in Unreal, project it on a screen, boom, you're go, you're good to go. Add a little bit of green screen; it is movie magic, baby. I'm telling you, man, the more I've been learning about Unreal Engine, because uh, I've been, you know, taking coursework and stuff for it, man, the more I learn about it, the more I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much you can do. Like the applications for this engine, dude, like it's, Which little, I would also, it's like almost everything you can think of. To point out too, the Epic Mega Grant funding that they've got, if you look at the majority yeah. of the projects that have gotten funding, it's not video game projects. It's education projects or educational projects or projects that are using the Unreal Engine in a way that advances virtual reality, Mm -hmm. technology, education, things other than video games, which this comes back to Mm -hmm. Sweeney's ultimate goal. And I know everybody hates this word, 
but it's that metaverse, that multiverse. He wants everything to be using the Unreal Engine and tied into that ecostructure. It is yeah. a brilliant strategy, and it's working. It's working brilliantly. Yeah, and the, one of the original things that actually, uh, like, okay, I've been an Unreal Engine fan for a long time because of Unreal Tournament. Like, that's where like I got that. into Unreal Engine, right? Like, Unreal Tournament was like my jam back in the day. I loved the shit out of that game, right? And then I did play Paragon on there when they had the MOBA, may it rest in peace, because they told Epic Games, it was like, nah, man, we're just going to shelf that. It had a lot of potential. It was a pretty good game. I actually enjoyed it, but it was still like working on getting its leg up at the time. But it was also at the same time that Fortnite was doing Save the World. And I was like playing it back then. They released their Battle Royale. Then they were like, well, this is doing so good. We're going to like double down on it, close Paragon. And now that's helped to push Unreal Engine 5 towards that, along with like all of the studios that have used it for like cinematography aspects and things like that. And I was like just originally looking at like maybe because I thought it would be really cool to like go in there and like maybe create like little short videos to supplement like my books and stuff, which I'm still planning on doing, by the way. It just seemed like a really fun way to show off your world, even if you're not like a game developer, because it was totally possible. Well, that ties into – did anybody watch – I am going to blank on his name. It was Oats oh. Studio, I think. Um, he was the director behind District 9. And then after he did all those films, he went and did a right. whole bunch of short films with the Unity engine. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was called Oats Studio. But there were all these little short films that were like 5, 10, maybe 15 minutes long mm -hmm. in different fantasy and science fiction worlds. And most of them were all in-engine stuff. So they were short films and short features that were purely game engine. So that's the kind of stuff. And that was just with with um, Unity, which is cool, but Unreal is way cooler. I know. Um, so to be, to be able to do that kind of stuff, as you said, to supplement any sort of creative endeavor is pretty awesome because obviously it's an undertaking, no, no doubt there. But right. it's kind of like if you look at one of the things like Star Wars The Republic has done very well over the years is they always have amazing game trailers mm. that tell a cinematic story over the course of several minutes and tie into the greater story of each expansion. The mm. idea of, of an individual or a small team of individuals having the capability to do that now with Unreal 5 because of all the built-in tools, whereas before you needed a team of animators and 40, 50 yeah. people and a $7 million budget, the idea that we can now scale that down to one, two, three people that to me is the well, chef's kiss in in what is Unreal uh, and what they're doing with Unreal Five. Absolutely, totally agree. Like I remember because like I was originally like my original thoughts were like, okay, so like I could go do like Blender, right? And I could go in there and like create like you know and sculpt and basically come up with a really cool character, and then maybe I could go to Unreal and like take the engine and then apply all these like cool things I sort of sculpt and mesh as I create. And like have them walking around and sort of like going through this really pretty environment and showing it off. And it's still part of the plan or whatever, but it's like, man, but now Unreal's like, dude, it's like even stepping up, even, you know, integrating more and more things like Blender in itself, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to make it a one stop shop, it's, right? It's so there, yeah. Blender even is in trouble eventually, right? Because you'll be able to do those things in the engine. Um, Unless. So. Less they do like what ArtStation's done and some of these 
like you've got so here's here's a good tie-in right big fun so uh sony i'm gonna link this one this is on kotaku right here but i saw this and i was like okay think about the fact that right uh project or cd project red right is is basically doubling down you've got the studio and the, the name escapes me they they're they do the uh is it oh my god what is it the ones that do the uh, uh laura croft stuff tomb raider stuff it was uh idos yeah idos entertainment ubisoft um no it starts with a c i think anyway it, you got the gears of war people with the coalition you got all these studios but yeah those are also some of the ones that have been kind of taken so you got all these big ass companies Right. Including like I just linked there, Sony, who's like stepping in. They gave a billion. Look at this. And this is under virtual reality. Oh, yeah. This was the um, Mm -hmm. this was the one I just covered the other day. This was Sony and Lego invested a P each a billion a piece. So they got a epic epic games, got a two billion dollar investment, one million, one billion from Sony, one billion from Lego to develop interactive worlds um and the metaverse and and mm-hmm. the lego one in particular is is interesting because it's more focused on kids entertainment and family entertainment whereas sony is just doubling down on their initial investment from a year or two ago they put 200 million in and now they said you know what we liked that taste that we got we like that pie we want more than just a slice of that pie we want four or five of those pies here's a billion bucks Jeez. go for yeah. more pies. yeah you know Everybody steps in to contribute to making the engine better. I mean, it's like, what if Blender did do? They were like, hey, it's like, let's blend it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's blend it, baby. You yeah. imagine? That's oh, true. there's like, oh, man. So that was. Yeah. The- Sorry, Nathan. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say real quick that article touches on something else interesting because we don't have a whole lot of information on it yet, but we know mm-hmm. it's real. They announced they're doing it. And that's the PSVR, too, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, everybody says this every time, like, oh, my gosh, the new consoles and PC gaming are like neck and neck. Yeah, for now. Right. You got the no, 60 yeah. series coming out here soon. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, but anyway, it, it the PS5 is powerful enough for the VR to do something really special. And what what Sony does with their VR products, what they did with their original was pretty amazing because the PS4 couldn't do that. Right. Like it was some of that technology was baked into the headset. So. Um, it just used the power of the PS4 plus whatever technology they had in the headset to be able to do some stuff the PS4 would not have been able to do. Mm-hmm. So I assume they're probably going to be doing something similar to that, but with newer tech. Um, so if they can, if they even release a VR headset that can run games made in Unreal Engine 5, we're in for like some pretty tasty things in the future. Um I know, man. That's I, I like wanna, holodeck level shit, man. Yes, yeah. yes. And this is why I, 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 I know the, it was a couple weeks back when, when CD Projekt Red made the announcement. My hype about that had nothing to do with the next Witcher game, even though I am hyped about the next Witcher game. I was hyped about the technological component of CD Projekt Red coming on board to help make the epic and Unreal Engine better than it already fucking is because that partnership in my mind is going to be something that expands unreal beyond because that whole press release is all about how cd project red has led the world in terms of interactive storytelling within a you know within within their red engine and being able to build that 
sort of cinematic experience with The Witcher 3 and, and Cyberpunk 2077 to, to sort of take that experience and blend it and bring it in-house so that yeah. Unreal can make even better, more immersive, and tie that into virtual reality. And oh my god, like, I know it was an April Fool's thing, the, the bodysuit, the... <laughs> that, um, <laughs> Saw that I was like, man, this can't be that far off to have a a, a, a haptic <laughs> feedback suit with everything that Unreal's doing over the next ten years. You know, I'm 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 envisioning myself as a sixty year old. You know, just I don't really care anymore at that point. I'm on pension. Strap me in, baby. Give me an IV. I'll shit in a bag. I just want to go in <laughs> yeah. VR. Yeah, in VR, baby. You get, a little, you get a little. You get shot in the chest, and the vibration on the haptic suit breaks your rib. You know. Yeah. Right. I don't need a pacemaker at that point. Just give me a shock every couple minutes. <laughs> I'm telling you, new and improved. Yeah. So uh, let's let's talk about something that's a little bit like less yay, <laughs> which does piggyback off of. Uh, I don't even know what to say, man. Do you want to talk about the Richard Gary a bit here? Do you all want to jump God, in? Jesus. I'm just like, I have oh, so no. All I have oh, to say is, no. Fallen, that's all I gotta say. Why, dude? Why, why, why? I, 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 I want to, before we dive into Richard Garriott, I, I got to. So here's, here's, <sighs> here's my beef. I, because I know, because of my history with Robert Thompson, who is undone, who is. Saga Lucy, you know, was, yeah. our, I brought him on board as lead programmer of Saga Lucimi, and he came to me a year into the project and said, hey, poor Larry offered me a job to go work on Shadow of the Avatar. Can I go do this as my day job? And I said, sure, absolutely. You're going to learn. We're going to learn. It's going to be a great thing. We, so I I got to go to their offices. I met Star. I met people. And I've met Chris Spears, who is multiple times. He's the guy that was the basically the lead program on Shadow of the Avatar that basically when Richard said, it's not making any money anymore, I'm out. And Star said, it's not making any money anymore. I'm out. They just gave it to him. And he formed Catnip Studios, this LLC in Austin. And and they shut down all the offices and he took it in-house. And it's basically been him and contractors for the last you know two years or whatever as a hobby project. What really bothers me about this more than anything else is, is the comment that he made, because he's been he's been – barely working on Shroud of the Avatar for quite some time now. People complain about the lack of updates and everything else, and he's always like, oh, it's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine. And he makes this statement as the press release drops that, oh yeah, I've been working on this project with Richard over here for the past X amount of time. I haven't been able to talk about it, but now the cat's out of the bag, I can. Nothing's going to change with Shroud of the Avatar. It's still going to go on the way it's always gone on. It's just that's been taking up the majority of my time, but it's all good. And I'm like... You cannot – that's not true. It's not yeah. true because that one over there, Richard Garriott's new cash cow, is going to – it's what's been paying your salary. So you can't say that you're going to keep working. So it's kind of like Shadow the Avatar was this bastard child that Richard Garriott had, which <laughs> he was happy to keep around until it stopped making dividends. And then he kicked it to the curb. And let somebody else adopt it. And then that person said, this fucking kid sucks, kicked it further down the curb and said, I'm going to go back to him and, and work with him some more. It, it's just kind of like this this never-ending cycle of people who have been working on failed project after failed project after failed project after failed project 
try to hold on to the glory days of 30 years ago when mm. when when they used to be someone important. Yeah. Because the whole I'm going to sell my blood because I have no other way to legitimately make money. Like, I'm a, I'm a nobody in the grand scope of things, right? I'm, mm. not, I'm not. And my small-scale projects are what they are, right? I'm not Richard Garriott. I don't have that level of fame. I don't have $30 million to spend on a ticket to go to space, right? But I can at least say that I've never had to sell my blood to <laughs> make a video game. You know what I mean? Like, right, Hang on. We're getting a little too close to my territory here. <laughs> Shower juice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're, he's right. Like Richard Garriott has to be the most full of himself developer uh, maybe of all time. Um, and I agreed with your video, Nathan. Respect for the guy yeah. for what he yeah did. respect yeah. yeah because ultima online hey 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 mm-hmm. hey respect uh and ultima in general right even before it went to mmos uh big respect but i think it's just you know like everybody's got a everybody's got an expiration date you know what i mean on on like being <sighs> really good at something right like Everybody eventually needs to give it up, right? Um, a lot of things you can go for a really long time on. You can go to your freaking, maybe even on your deathbed. But, like, I just can't help but feel like that he was great back then when things were completely different, right? Mm-hmm. Where you could work with a couple of dudes or even by yourself and make a fully-fledged, high-quality game, right? Because you were dealing with a lot less yeah. Things right, like it was just more simple. Um, and, and, and what really blows my mind, though, is that he's never even attempted to take Ultima Online and all its sandbox complexity that has never been matched ever again in an MMO. Not even nobody's even came close to the amount of things you can do in that game, and just make it three dimensional, right? Like there was an Ultima Online two. Announced. I don't know if anybody remembers this. Yeah. Uh, and it was going to be the 3D version of Ultima Online. It was just that's what it was going to be. Uh, and it got canceled because they said basically technology back then could not do all those things, right? Um, which I believe, but it certainly can now. It would just be a pain in the it'd be a pain in the ass to get all those things working, right? Where you can literally drop anything on the ground, and uh, you can you know. You can Ultima Online is just a super sandboxy game um, where the players have so much agency they create their own freaking adventures. You know, um, it's just weird to me that he goes all these other ways except for like that's the only time it worked for you, man. Bring it back and home. And do yeah. that again. And also, there's this component of he said he was going to retire if Shroud of the Avatar didn't succeed, mm, and it true. didn't succeed. Yeah. But here's the other problem. Shroud of the Avatar, and I, I think you might have covered this in your video, Nathan. Correct me if I'm wrong. You, I don't remember because I've read so much stuff about it the last couple of days. I haven't done my video on it yet. Um, Shroud of the Avatar was built – it was a game built around selling plots of land. Yeah. So it wasn't developed as a video game first. It was developed as a device – to sell and because the lawyer i used to form mm. stormhaven studios was the same lawyer that formed portalarium i have some insider knowledge here and some people might not know this portalarium was not built to create the shroud of the avatar portalarium was formed around a facebook marketplace game which was about selling virtual space and about mm. selling virtual plots and they weren't making enough money out of it, 
And so Richard said, well, what if I turned this into a fantasy game? Because I've got all these people from the, you know, from the old days that would, you know, instead of trying to innovate so much, why don't we take this base level of selling plots of land and virtual space and add a fantasy game on top of that? And that will allow us to achieve our goals of getting this new, this new project off the ground. And so that's how Shroud of the Avatar. So when Shroud of the Avatar actually went to Kickstarter with their prototype, what a lot of people don't realize is that there was already, the company had already accumulated debt because they'd already been working on the project for several years. Yeah. And so they had investors and people that wanted to get their money out of it. And so that Kickstarter, not all of that money went towards funding Shroud of the Avatar. It went towards paying back things that had already been in progress for three to four years then they were able to continue working on shroud of the avatar but the whole idea that that game was built on top of selling land this new project they literally try to say in their press release that we're, we're all about building the game first and then the nfts are on top of that bullshit yeah. bullshit i'll buy it nft bullshit nfts are the only reason to have an NFT attached to your product is because you're selling that virtual product. So you can't say that you're building the game first because if you did, you would have built the game in private, in secret, launched it, and then announced, here's our new game. And by the way, we've got NFTs attached to it because that's part of our ecosystem. But instead, they're announcing the NFTs because they want to be able to sell land, which is the same process they did for Shroud the Avatar. You did cover this in your video, Nathan, because I think you I said... Did. How did you word it? Because you said something along the lines of um, it, it, it enabled like a, a handful of people to have such a huge advantage over everyone else because they were yeah. willing to spend tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, so as soon as the game launched, I was there. Um, and, uh, you know... You were already at a disadvantage, right? Immediately. Game launches, you're already behind because people had already bought mm. these large packages that came with land and guild halls and uh, et cetera, and they already had the lockdown on the economy. Um, then also, Java Avatar wasn't really an MMO, right? It was one of those like 12, 20 people can be in this instance town or whatever, right? Like yeah. it was – it was and it was weird. It had a world map where you would run to get to the other places, but you could see there could be like ten people on the map, so you might see and you'd be this big character like in a JRPG kind of setting, run across the map to get to the next then you get to that zone on the map and then it goes back to three D and uh it was just a really bizarre game. It was interesting. Um if here's the thing that was weird about the here's why Shadow of the Avatar didn't quite work for anybody. It was marketed for UO players, had music similar, had a lot of the same kind of like design and, you know, called the avatar and all the, I mean, it was super like, this is for you, UO players, but it didn't play anything like UO, right? It was like, it was like you, you tried to nostalgia tickle UO players with a style of MMO that wasn't what they played. So it was just really weird. Um, I, I, I feel bad that it didn't do better because uh, I feel like it was better than what it ended up doing. But the reason was because it didn't take but a whole five minutes for you to realize that this was a cash grab. And so you didn't want to do it. You were just like, ah, well, I'm not going to take it seriously because I can't. Mm -hmm. I, I literally can't take you seriously because I'm not going to give you $10,000. Oh, and every time, 
right. after after launch, every time I went into the office and every time I ever and I only talked to Chris maybe five or six times there. So I don't know him intimately, but every time I met with him and talked with him, it was always the conversations were always about how they were changing this, that, and the other in the cash shop so that they could bring more revenue in. And in, so so in other words, instead of actually making good content for yep. your game, everything exactly. you're doing is about the cash shop because that's the <clears throat> only way of generating revenue. And I'm like, well then that's not a that's that's the issue. That's why you don't have people playing your game. It's because you don't have a game that's good enough to actually play. You have a game that and enables a handful of people to come in and say, I can pay to win and that makes me feel good and I've got disposable income, so I'm gonna play this game because it allows me to pay to get that high that I want, that endorphin rush, and I've got those, you know, five hundred, six hundred, eight hundred, ten thousand dollars a month that I can just blow on something. Yeah. That's and, the uh and yeah. I, I, I can get a vial of Richard's blood, you know. Like <laughs> I'm one of the few people on the planet that can afford to throw that kind of money around. So yeah, I'm gonna play this game. Wait a minute, it's more than just Richard Garriott's blood. That That's blood's true. been to space, also. Still he didn't mark that, but he should have. He should have. He should have. Did, I, you know, I don't... did you guys know that this is kind of? I just want to. There's there's something going on here, okay? Because when people go to space and they come back, they're crazy. They're crazy. Something must happen biologically when you exit the atmosphere, because you know Buzz Aldrin. I, I love the guy, but that guy was he loony. Job. He was a wacko, dude. He sold. Did you guys realize? I don't have the exact number, but he sold like I'm making the number up, but it it's something to the this effect. Uh, he sold like twenty five thousand quarters. He claimed was in his pocket when he went to the moon. Like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> was crazy. He, I seen him like some guy what? asked him some questions and he like kicked him like old man like chased him out of the house. Like, I think he might have been okay. Until he went to space and something just went wrong in Richard Garriott's brain. Aliens. The, yeah, maybe an alien got in there. <laughs> yeah, so one of the things I was wanting to say about this article was that he said the thing we bring to the table is that we actually built games. Okay. Todd said, yeah, here's the best part. Todd said, and then next quote, a lot of players you see out there now that look like scams they don't even know what the game, the kind of game they're building. So you don't know what kind of game is that you're building, but we do. So that's what's going to make it wait not a, a bad idea. But wait a minute. But wait a minute. Yeah, he's throwing other people on the bus. He while had he's three out MMOs, mm -hmm. and only one of them was was his vision, right? Like mm -hmm. Tabula Ra Rasa, Rosa, mm -hmm. however it's pronounced. Right. Um, <clears throat> didn't work. It didn't work. Uh, next MMO, uh, Shadow of the M Avatar. Right. So, didn't work. If so you, what's he talking if about? You build unsuccessful games. Is that a reason to bash other people who don't have the knowledge and make no. it to, to justify why NFTs and or blockchain are a good idea when people get scammed on it every day and it's not regulated? Question mark. Right. You're and I mean, just also this yeah. goes back to the whole fact that um, he knows he can't make money on Kickstarter. So he's doing what's mm -hmm. the next what's the next thing? Where where can he actually make money? Because he knows a Kickstarter's not going to give it to him. So oh NFTs oh it's a new thing. Everybody, That's a hot topic. Everybody I saw uh, Jim Carrey talking about it on an interview recently, 
right? He was, they were talking about something related to, this is like an actor in Hollywood. He does art. If you don't know it, he's like, he does painting and stuff. He's actually really good. It is really good. Yeah. 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 And he was talking about, but this is the thing, right? It's the next thing. It's the next hypeable thing that people kind of jump on the bandwagon of. doesn't matter who you are. Right. And you could have a great idea, but it still doesn't change the fact that it is not, the people aren't protected. It's not regulated in a way that's going to like protect consumers. And so you got more and more people with clout or, you know, prestige of some sort. And it's like, well, you know, when you see everybody in Hollywood or in the industry of some sort doing it, well, that like, that's trend setting, isn't it? That's like, that's how you sell products and shit. That's how influencers, influencers exist. Right. I'm going to use my status to sell a product. And then, yeah. And I think they thought, I think they thought too, that like, I think that a lot of video game uh, companies really believed that, like, the influence were, influencers would jump on board with the NF- NFT fair. thing because it kind of feels like it would make sense because if you're an influencer, you can kind of mm-hmm. – you have you have a market that you could sell your uh, virtual products to. And I think they just thought that it was like a hand-baked idea that would slide right through and influencers would be on top of it and all about it. Um but they misjudged one very important key thing to a content creator, and that's mm. that they have to enjoy what they're doing or they'll get burned out and they won't do it. Fair. And we all kind of know that, right? Yep. Like that's pretty common knowledge now. So I'm not going to do something that I hate. I'm not going to play Earth 2 nope. GPS simulator, right, to make money. I'm not going to do it. There's Horrible. better ways to make money, right? Like there's oh, so many other options in the world that I would enjoy. Dude. I'm not going to play on a GPS simulator that to is, make it a little bit of cash. I'm sorry. Screw worst. you. Yeah, Earth and 2 is the worst, man. Number two that they didn't think about was that content creators actually built the community and they care about them. Yeah. Right? So, like, I'm not going to rip off my community. I know you guys do it all the time. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about you guys on the show. I mean, like, the devs, right? I know that people like Richard Garriott doesn't care to do it or, uh, you know, Caspian the Friendly Ghost. But we built this community without giving them an actual product, right? It's different. We're, we're, we built a community just based on similar likes, uh, you know, uh, whatever the case may Relationships. be. Uh, relationships actually speaking and having conversations yeah. and interaction uh so um yeah it's not gonna work uh, but i think they thought that it would it's like the, I, uh, oh, man so it's true i just, i don't know i mean unfortunately garriott might get the support he'll, he'll probably get enough people mm. involved to get the project off the ground or at least to enrich himself by another few million dollars um, because Shroud of the Avatar, they they sold a hundred thousand plus, you know, copies of that game, um, and a lot of those people will go out and do it again, and because it's no different than Brad McQuaid, there are certain celebrity names in the industry where even if they've done crazy stupid shit in the past, people will still follow them through hell or high water because they made a product back in the day that resonated with them, changed their life so on and so forth. Um, so he'll have a core support group of, mm-hmm. you know, 50,000 people that will always buy his products. And then That's you're going to have the crowd of people who are like, Oh, it's an NFT game. I want in on that. So there's another 50,000 he'll get, 
you know, how to get a hundred thousand people involved, you know, which which could raise, you know, ten million dollars. Who are these? Who are these NFT people, though? I'm, are they real? They they're real. <laughs> they they're, they're real people, real. dude. It's just gosh. <laughs> It shocks shocks me. I mean, I know people who are like diehard NFT collectors. I'm just like, whoa. Okay. I mean, you know, respectfully, I kind of like I see the like spamming of it on Twitter and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to kind of makes me cringe every time I see it. If I'm going to be real, really no offense. I say this with all I say this with all respect towards those people. Right. But it's real talk. It it genuinely I see it and it makes me cringe. Like I I think I have this feeling of like I'm just waiting for something bad to happen to them. Yeah. You know, like it's that kind of cringe. Like, oh, no, I'm afraid I'm about to see them get hit badly with something, you know. It's kind of like you ever you ever known anybody who you're like trying to get them into like, uh, you know, uh, fantasy games or whatever, uh, because maybe they play a lot of Call of Duty or whatever case may be. And you're trying to get them into a fantasy game or an MMO. And then you find out that they're one of those dudes who's into My Little Ponies. <laughs> they're a brony. And you're like, oh, never mind, man. I don't think we can relate. I don't they're think. A, you know. They're a what? They're a what? A brony. Oh, a brony. You know what a brony is? No. All right, here's 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 another deep dive for you. That further further this this topic. What? So the voice the the actor who oh, plays God. Q on Star oh, Trek. God, I love him. Yeah. Uh-huh. He is a huge, huge, huge in the brony industry. What? Huge in that what? industry, doing voiceovers and a whole bunch of other stuff for okay. a lot of their projects. What? Oh yeah, that's big. crazy. I love big. him. He's such a good. He's such a good hey, villain. You love and hate. John Delancey is his name. I um, love that guy, man. Speaking of which, with what's going on in the new Picard, I'm not going to like, you know, spoil anything. But if you've seen any of the previews, he's in the previews. I'm not spoiling anything. I'm just saying I am like scratching my head going, oh, shit. Like, I see where this is going. But what's going on with him exactly? Because that's the part I can't figure out. And did you see the announcement? Because they've already finished filming season three and the entire cast of Next Generation is returning for season three, baby. That's the last season from what? Last uh, season. Yeah. So, ah, oh, man, that's crazy. That's going to be good, it's, dude. That's, ah. that, that's what that is right here. That is it just is nostalgia the, all the way. Yeah. Take all those nostalgia balls. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I, I, I'm, we talk about, I know we're kind of off the side here in nostalgia a little bit, but Star Trek The Next Generation was like, that was what I grew up with. My mom was a lot, like, she was yeah. a huge Star yeah. Trek fan. I was a Next Generation fan. Appreciated, though, but I watched, but the thing is, is I watched Star Trek The Next Generation hand in hand with the original films for the first series that came out so the, all the motion picture stuff leading into generations leading into first contact and all the other ones like that was like my jam and i love the shit out of it right and yeah. so i can't help like it doesn't matter what they do for me because i'm just gonna love seeing it all happening again for like one last two raw which is what it feels like picard is and yeah, he's I, he's old, so yes, he, he yeah. is. And they're they're going, they're doing the time travel thing, which I don't know. If you're like, oh my god, you spoiled it, I'm like, sorry, I'm not sorry. I'm just gonna say it. Like we're three, four <laughs> episodes or something into this, and this stuff's kind of been building up towards it. But I I I don't I don't want to see Star Trek keep doing that. But I accept it under these circumstances because of the characters that I see existing in season two, which I'm not going to talk about because that would spoil it mm-hmm. too much. 
so I can I get it because it gives me first contact ties. That might have been a bit of a spoiler, but it gives me first contact vibes. And I love that because that was my favorite movie out of the next generation films that they did. So yeah. I'm gonna look I'm gonna I'm gonna look at that. Uh Dude, that might, hey, you might want to set aside some time. That's a whole that's a whole thing. Uh it's very intricate. Um really? Yeah. It is. It's, oh, it's yeah. Called, it's, that's a good week or two worth of research. Uh, yes. Bronies. It's, yes. It's and a John Delancey. Deal. Yeah. John Delancey. What? He spearheaded that documentary on Kickstarter. He's big into it, man. And, and, and there's the, there's the, there's the innocent side of it, sure. which is people who just celebrate My Little Pony. And then there's the freaky S&M side of it, the BDSM, oh, no. which oh. is football oh, gags. And, oh, shit. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to be your Furby, baby. Why can't we just... Oh, my God. I had no idea about this. Are you kidding why me? Do we, why oh, do we no. always have to... You know what I mean? Like, Oh, shit. Can't we, can't we just have a children's show, guys? This moment that, proves I do have a little bit of innocence left because when you were talking about adult-oriented... Uh, My Little Pony stuff. I was like, so just adult fans who really are endeared by the oh, original. Dude, that's nowhere near the level of <laughs> depravity as the adult uh, pound puppies. Oh, oh yeah, it, dude, dude, no words. I'm not, yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even. I don't even feel comfortable saying what they call well, themselves. I feel okay? like you kind of already have given me some sort of an indicator. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't well, like, think you need to say a well, lot like, more than that. <laughs> you dirty dog. <laughs> you know what I mean. No, this opens uh, up a new uh, revenue stream for you, Nathan. Maybe some themed <laughs> tower juice and these, like in the brony and the pound puppy. Oh, dude, this show just went in a whole different direction of like cringe and weird, right? Unexpectedly. Sorry, but wow. I had to go there. I, I had am, to go there. I knew furries and stuff existed, but I didn't know about stuff like this. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a little. I am feeling like, my Google. Like, People, humans, humans, we just have a little bit too much time in our hands these days. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. man! Jeez, it's a, it's a deep, uh, it's a deep dive. Uh, there's too many, too many uh, things that can be said about these things you all are saying. So I'm now, I'm now we understand why the they. Now we, you can kind of oh, like you kind of understand yes. why children's shows used to like be like self-contained episodes because. <laughs> um, you know, My Little Pony apparently has like an overarching story um, of some sort. Uh, so, you know, reoccurring characters and I, I, I'm something, right? Because people actually get into it. Like they have their favorite one and they're like the lore behind them or her or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's what like, happens. Homies, I just feel like this is in the weird domain. Like nobody's taking like the Ninja Turtles and like having this whole like click of the secrets of the ooze or something. You have no idea. Oh, man. Oh, no. Oh, oh God. Okay. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, idea. no. There are weirder things in this world than I care to know about, I think. Oh, that is right up my alley. Nostalgia and the green ooze flavor. I'm. Yeah. Making the whole Sims garnish thing sound pretty tame at this point, aren't we, friends? <laughs> that wasn't even my idea. Okay. Let's move on. So let's talk about The Witcher, right? We got a bit of a delay on that, didn't we? Yeah. Not, not bad. I'm cool with it. I mean, it's not really that big of a deal, I don't think. I mean, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt already exists. This is just right. for like the the revamp that they're giving people, which you're, it's pretty much free anyway if you own the game already, isn't it? So, I mean, yeah. 
right yeah, now. And today they just announced, mm. I just pushed this out to YouTube a couple hours before the show. Um, the, the investor call today also announced that the expansion for Cyberpunk 2077 is pushed back to next year. So on really? both accounts, yeah, we're getting the expansion got pushed back to next year and we have a indefinite mm. postponement, which as far as I understand, the Witcher 3 postponement is because the studio that they were using is based out of Russia and because of what's going on in Russia and all the oh, sanctions and everything yeah. else, they've pulled it all in house because they don't want to support anything in Russia right now. Fair, yeah. Um, so you they're gonna it. that just, <clears throat> they just had to nuke that and say, listen, we got to bring it in house. We don't know how long it's going to take. Let us adjust. You know, it is what it is. I'm okay with that on all fronts, by the way, because um, I would yeah. rather they take the time, Make not it. crunch people. True. You know, give us something good because if if I can get. I will totally play The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt a third time. Oh yeah. On on the Xbox Series X as a next gen yep. with better graphics and more content added in cuz they're going to have tie-ins to the shows and everything else. Absolutely. And the Cyberpunk 2077 expansion, I was I'm glad that it's next year because I was actually looking at this year going, when am I going to have time this year to play it and I really want to play it cuz I loved the for the base game. I loved the storyline and I really am looking forward to that. Um, story and see where that's going to go for the expansion. So, dude, I had no idea. There's a magic source book for The Witcher. I just saw this on CBR inventory on their Twitter. Did you see that? I didn't know that they had no, this. No, I didn't know that. What? There's a magic source book for The Witcher tabletop role playing game. Hello? What? I knew there was a digital uh, tape, like a uh, like role playing like tabletop board game, which I've got on GOG or whatever. But this, here, I'm going to link this. Like, what? Dude, oh, that's interesting. Ah, that is hmm. curious. I just saw that through uh, random chance as we were looking and talking about the tweet that they put out. But damn, yo, that's huh. cool. I mean, I guess it's a good segue to talk about um, the giant freaking robot article about Xbox Games Pass major changes in pricing. Since I don't really talk, I don't really talk a whole lot about this because I don't do much console. Um, but do you all really feel like there's a whole lot? I mean, what what do you what are your thoughts around this as far as they're changing their pricing for Game Pass? Yeah. Well, you know that would that would affect PC players too because you can you can get Game Pass for PC and and play yeah. like all those awesome Xbox mm-hmm. games with the PC version. Um, yeah. I didn't realize they were changing their price, but I'm not surprised. It's getting to be probably too good of a value at this point. Yeah. Um, so I'm not shocked by it. I would just assume what that means is probably they have to in order to kind of um, get some of these companies to make it worth their time mm. to agree to come to Game Pass. Like on, yeah. especially for me, they're doing a lot of day one launch games on Game Pass, right? So True. I would assume that it has to do with the contracts with them that they have to be able to pay them a little better. Yeah, we talked, remember, yeah. I think it was the last show we had about PlayStation, how they were sort of stepping up their pass, I think, their subscription yeah. service to sort of try to, we were even saying it's not quite up to par. And it's a little more money than Ultimate so Game Pass. Maybe this is sort of I think of it'll a, probably even the playing field with this increase, so $5 thinking, a month increase. Yeah. Yeah. At least work towards even evening the playing field a bit, right? And once again, that's... while while Sony and Microsoft are kind of battling out for this, like right. who's going to have this mm. on the side over here, you got Nintendo being absolute clowns releasing oh. one Nintendo sixty four game a, a month. You know they 
the only thing that they've done in recent, I don't know if this is, is this on your list, Nathan, or excuse me, Sim, the purchase, the land purchase? Yes, I'm actually going to link that, but that's a perfect segue into talking about the Nintendo land purchase. Because they, they don't appear to be making moves on the same wavelength that mm-hmm. Sony and Microsoft are, but they did just put $64 million, I believe that's the number, into a land purchase for an R&D facility, yep. which suggests big things in the future for Nintendo because I don't see them putting money down on a physical purchase like this for an R&D facility unless they're getting ready to push VR maybe. 40 in, million in for the land. Big, in a big or, direction. you know, Nintendo's one of those companies where it could be something we never even thought of before. That's true. They could yeah, come out with the, the haptic suit, baby. Right. That's what oh. they like to do is like... Virtual you know, boy like, incoming. Nobody asked for... Uh, <laughs> Nobody asked for uh, all this kind of controls, motion controls. The Wii. You know, yeah, the Wii. And that was a phenomenon. Like, I was scared. I'm not going to lie. During that time, I was like, no, please. Please, guys, don't don't let the whole video game market. Because you remember Microsoft was like, oh, we've got a, We've got the, the, the whatever it was called, Xbox piece of crap yeah. camera. That was thing. horrible. Yeah. It was so bad. What and if- then Sony was like, we got the move. And it was like, no, please, guys, everybody just calm down. Don't. I like yeah. buttons. I like games the way they were. What if they step back into the VR space, though? Because look at what they were doing with their Wii and their Wii U with the, the, the controllers and stuff. I mean, to be fair, I feel like they had the other other systems beat on that on that in that department. You know, yeah. I tried the I other agree. ones like the PlayStation one was kind of like, what the? This wand is really strange, and, and yeah, Xbox is like camera was like okay, kind of cool. I feel like y'all are hitting on a very singular element of this whole dynamic that could work, but I feel like Nintendo's all encompassing, actually really delivering on this this area. What if they actually were doing? So I posted the stats in chat. So five trillion yen at forty million for the land. Right. Used to be a support factory and material uh, for disaster disaster prevention center. Then they got this is a 12 story steel frame building that's approximately 72 meters tall and floor area of 38 square meters. What if this was like, dude, what if they stepped up and all of a sudden they rebirthed the virtual boy and it was their VR system? Oh, the virtual boy. Can you imagine? More colors than red this time, please. No, no. He'll cut right red and black. That was it. Yeah. Red lines, black background. That's your jam right there. I mean, the virtual boy too. Yeah, just don't ever deviate away into doing what you did post GameCube all the way up until uh, the Switch, which was just it's Nintendo exclusive, almost everything. And you're like, dude. That, that sucks. Like, that was the cool thing about Nintendo games, right? Originally was you could jump on and play all these different games. Sure, they were on some of the other consoles, but like it was all different developers and stuff, right? Same thing for N64, GameCube, and after GameCube, rip. That was it. Well, I think they got a lot back for Switch. Switch has got yes. a lot of support. True. Um, Absolutely. It, it, but, but that's because it sold a lot, you know? And like the Wii did sell a lot, but that was one of those weird things where like all these random people are buying a Wii just right. for Wii Sports. Like True. they weren't buying other games. Wii they U just... is better. I had a Wii U and I actually got I a like Wii. Wii I got the Wii because um, what game was it at the time? I think it was the Skyward Sword game. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, then 
Yeah, and then I got a Wii U. I don't remember what games I was playing exactly. I'm, it, it was a very, very specific, like, you know, Nintendo game, right? But probably it was... I know what it was. It was the HD Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. That's why. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good. I'm surprised yeah. they haven't re-released it on Switch yet. Right. Uh, but the but but I actually played Breath of the Wild on the Wii U first. I didn't have a Switch yet. Um, same. Same. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I got it before the Switch, and then I played all the way through it. Um, all the story content through it, and did beat it on the Wii U. And then when I got sure. my Switch, I. Re- Real talk, by the way, I got the switch. I was going to do Zelda. Then we we then I just got really tapped out on the same thing. Nathan's always talking about, which is um, they always constantly re-release games. Right. And it's like you got to keep up with the system. Some of those games aren't on the system. And I think the Twilight Princess HD and Wind Waker HD are great examples of games that didn't actually go over to the switch, which is really sad because I feel like that should have been a thing like Breath of the Wild was. But that's just me. And then I didn't even play Zelda because I was so busy with content. I'm like, why do I even have this thing in the first place? I picked up Hyrule Warriors, which, by the way, Hyrule Warriors, I like that game. It's it a good. it's a fun addition to the Zelda universe. Um, and I, I played the first one on Wii U. And then I got Hyrule Warriors and I got Breath of the Wild for the Switch. And then they just sat there and I never touched them. I was like, shit. Well, have you guys seen it. everybody's finally beginning to... Uh come around to what I've been saying on this show for many, many months now. What's that? That Breath of the Wild 2 yeah. is delayed because of I, the new Nintendo console. It's going to be a it. launch title. I agree with you. I agree with you. And now there's you. that new information. Like, wait a minute. Um, uh, Digital Foundry is like, this can't even run on the Switch. Like, boom, and there it is. That's... So there you go. I 100% done. agree, dude. I, yeah, I, oh, that's awesome. Dude, yeah, they're going to totally double down. You know what happened? After we were talking about that, I was like, I'm just going to get rid of my Switch. I don't play it anyway. I'm going to prepare for if they launch a new system because you know I'm playing Breath of the Wild too. Like, Yeah. And I please call it. Period. If they're going to do the same thing, right? Yes. If they're just going to release a handheld hybrid, which worked, so maybe they should. Yeah. Uh, just call it the Super Switch, guys. I agree. That'd be great. Don't call it the Switch U. Like, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you know you what too. I mean? Like, <laughs> I hate Switch U. <laughs> switch U, that, 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 that was their mistake on the yeah. Wii U. Like, that's confusing. Like, everybody was like, I already have a Wii. What's the Wii U? Like, why did they do that? Switch 360. No, we do not go down the Xbox route. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Third naming policies X. are completely stupid. I even get confused. Uh, we were in the store. My wife's like, this is the new Xbox here. And I was like, Series S. I was like, no, that's the old one. She was like, no, that's the new one. I was like, no, it's the old one. She's like, it's the digital <laughs> version of the new one. And I was like, no, it's not. She's like, I just Googled it. It is. And I was like, oh, crap, you're right. Their names are so <laughs> garbage. I forgot. Switch X, Series X, A, B, C, D. Like, <laughs> well, the X oh, would have worked, except for you already had the Xbox yeah. X. Yeah. And then it's like, now we got the Series X. Like, like dude, what? Stop it. What are you doing? Gotta be more creative with your console titles, homies. Like just I didn't I didn't like also that it was just called the Xbox previous, right? It's like, but, yeah. Yeah, it's like, but yeah. We, you know, we already had a we already had an Xbox though before the 360. So what it made it confusing, like you had to be like on the original Xbox. Yeah, I think it's like just Xbox and then give it some iconic, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That way it works, like, you know, 
the Xbox gotcha or something. I mean, at least people know what the hell you're talking about. Okay, this is this generation. <laughs> right? Except a lot of people just probably engrave BMF on it, then you know what it is. <laughs> BMF. Okay. Um well let's circle back around to this one. This is really um uh, actually um, do I want to do this one? Nah, let's talk about this one first. So this one was actually linked by you, um, I believe, Renfell. Mythforce? Is that it? Oh, baby. I did a video on this one this morning. Um, so I, 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 Beamdog, I've loved Beamdog for, you know, they've done all of the enhanced editions, Baldur's Gate 1, Baldur's Gate 2, Icewind Dale, Neverwinter Nights, Neverwinter Nights 2. Unfortunately, no Icewind Dale 2 because it lost the source code somewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. But they've done all these enhanced editions, and the company was originally founded by some ex-Bioware and, and Black Isle guys who loved mm. CRPGs, and that's what they've made a name for they just announced and dropped a launch trailer for their first ever game. And it is, it looks exactly like it's He-Man or the D and D show from the eighties cartoons. It, that art style is so cool looking. The only thing that kind of concerns me is basically, it's just a, it's a roguelite dungeon mm. crawler. So you get one dungeon, there's a vampire at the end and it's procedurally generated. So every time you run it, it's going to be a different run. Kind of like, Hades and all these other games. Oh, right? right. I'm not a huge fan of those because the repetitive yeah. gameplay kind of bores me. However, this is a it's single player or co-op with up to four friends. And there's there's a rogue, there's an uh, a magic user, like a cleric and a fighter. I think something like that. And I watched the trailer. If you haven't watched the trailer, it's super like nostalgic. It's got cheesy one-liners. It's got like a great '80s soundtrack song. They come up with the Myth Force name. It just looks genuinely fun. Like, and the, the entire marketing around the game is that it's meant to be this game that you can jump into for like 20 to 40 minutes at a time. And then the press, they were actually in the interview, they actually said, this is the game you play in between Elden Ring sessions. Like, and I was like, that's a brilliant funny. marketing. That's a brilliant marketing. <laughs> funny. Right there. That's funny. And it's family friendly. So it's meant to be played with your kids, um, with other people. It's definitely meant to harken back to the you know, watching Ow. He-Man and and stuff on the couch with your friends, you know, with your friends and your kids on Saturday morning, um, you know, back in the 80s. It looks really good. I believe it's going into early access the end of this month. Um, I am giving them the benefit of the doubt here because everything they have done with the enhanced editions of my favorite CRPGs has been top notch. If you have never played any of the enhanced editions, it's not just about the enhancement of the graphics and bringing it's the fact that they have written entirely new content programmed in new content voice acted new content written incredible new storylines built new zones and new areas within these old tool sets they have done some pretty amazing game development along the way with just enhancing the old versions of those original games. Mm. So I think it's really cool that they're finally putting out their own project. Um, it's been really cool watching their team grow over the years. And I, for one, two thumbs up for me, like wholeheartedly support this. And I really hope it gets traction because it it, it looks super fun. It's probably going to be a little generic on the replayability, but if it's just something where you're playing it for 20 to 40 minutes here and there with your friends, who cares? Like, you yeah. know, you, it might be a $20 title. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but you know, it looks fun. That's, that's, that's about all I got out of it so far. Yeah. I feel like if you do it right though, you can still enjoy games like that. Look at all those original Nintendo games, man. 
You know what I mean? Like you, you go through and you get stuck, you die, you lose your lives. You got to come back and do all the same stuff again. Like there's definitely people that enjoy it for that reason. And Hades was a good example of replayability. Like I never beat it with the storyline. Yeah. Because of the storyline, because when you came back into that, like, you know, hall of sorts, it was like, there was something changing about it. And it was, there was enough that changed each time that it felt like you were progressing even story-wise a bit every time. Right. And so that's, I think kind of a, now granted, if you play it enough and you don't progress far enough, you're going to get to a point where, you know, so progress I think is still key, like in terms of like your own player progression and skill-based progression to where you're learning from your mistakes and, you know, being mindful of the environment and learning. If you can really not, you know, like head to the not or notes to the grindstone and focus, then there will be a lot of story that will keep you going the whole time. Um, but I think if like you kind of suck at games like that, which let's be fair, some people do, then you're probably going to get to a point where the story doesn't have too much to offer you in terms of every death or whatever. But and um, this is all first person too, which I found interesting because a lot of the roguelites usually like isometric top down. This is all first person, so it's um. First person medieval combat. It, it looks interesting and fun. The, the art style alone and the soundtrack make it, I think, mm. oh, enough yeah. worth watching. It's, the art looks really insane. good, like a Saturday, yeah. like like a Saturday morning cartoon. Exactly yeah. is what it looks like. Right. So now we're gonna now we got a couple things related in, in geek that we're gonna talk about that'll I think be good notes to end on or whatever. But why don't we hit on this? topic which is sort of all-encompassing if there's three links i'm gonna go on ahead and drop it but this is a great example of you know i call caspian the 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 scam splainer that's a new term i dubbed today by the way so i, I got like scam it. starter game splaining now you got scam splaining right how we're going to tell you that we're not scamming you which i think is what caspian does really really great over at his, uh, you know, supposed game Chronicles of Illyria slash Kingdoms of Illyria. Um, but, you know, oh. <laughs> uh, it, there's a part of me that's sad to even say that this is a thing. <sighs> Wrath of the Lich King classic. April 19th getting announced. I know. Along with Dragonflight. <sighs> well, it's, it's, hang on. Um, it's, it's the announcement is coming April 15th or the drop 19th, of- 19th. No, the announcement. announcement. The announcement yeah. So they also, so there's that, right? So Nathan hit on one great point that I was going to, I wanted to make sure we hit on. The other one is, is that there was a, uh, where's this at? There was a right here. So I got the first one up on. So they're, they're talking about, we got also world of Warcraft going to mobile phones right because we they know we we all got phones right oh my god yeah it's we're not even done bro i know i'm hitting on a lot at once nathan hit one the cringe is real right now i'm cringing too i'm right there with you so wrath of the lich king also sent forward they basically sent like surveys to people about it and there's like it looks like wrath of the lich king there looks like there are hints at possible microtransactions so we've oh, gone for yeah. so we've gone from classic to the burning crusade where we are introducing mounts and things of that nature and what was it called the dark portal pass yeah the pass yeah that was the only thing you could buy besides transferring your character yeah. so this so that was the yeah 
This is literally recycling the same shit to people. Will they continue with the Cataclysm Classic? I would not be shocked if they try to push it. Dude, I hope they do. Please do it. Please do it. <laughs> they're, they're literally so just re, yeah, they're re-releasing the same garbage, and then they're putting microtransactions on it. I just yeah. don't Dude, understand that. You can't Cataclysm like, is like the agreed upon, though, like the beginning of the fall, right? It was like, the Cataclysm. Yes, it was the Cataclysm <laughs> was, of the of the of the game. So please, because that would be after Wrath of the Lich King. They got to, right? What else can they do? They got oh, to. Gosh, man. It just oh, what, I did. what I don't what I don't I mean, I, I, I get it because I'm I'm putting my like I'm a you know scummy ass executive hat on. But like logically, it's like if you have a product that's like brand new, like end to end, like or I don't say brand new, but is continually getting updated, like original World of Warcraft. And then you release classic. You stop there because why the hell would you release the nah. expansions when all it's doing is rehashing the same stuff? I'll tell you why. Over and over. Well, well, people really mm-hmm. enjoyed World of Warcraft up to Rathalish like overall, right? So I get it. I still, if you guys remember, I a lot of people were hoping that they would like <sighs> kind of change events and like kind of release new classic expansions and kind of take world of warcraft in a different direction Mm, um but i mean there's only so much they can do there because the story's from warcraft 3 but they still could have done they could have changed things right right maybe oh my god they wanted to get through the warcraft 3 stuff get through the lich king and then there's no way they're stupid enough to release cla- uh, Cataclysm Classic. So oh. maybe after after the Lich oh. King, they'll go off into some new timelines. Oh, I think I think ho- homie, I respectfully think you underestimate the level, of the, <laughs> not just their level, but that comes out of their heads. But yeah. the dedicated base that will stick with it because of how long they've been with it. Mm-hmm. I was with them for 15 years and I tapped out on principle. Oh, bounty yeah, code is dead on. Decade and by a the half way. right here too. And I'll tell you right now on this mm-hmm. podcast, if I ever spend another dime Ooh. on anything World of Warcraft related, you have my full permission to hit me in the face with a handful of baby powder <laughs> and a shovel at the same time. That, that's <laughs> how badly I don't ever want to spend another dollar on anything World of Warcraft Man. related. And I, still like, I still like classic. I can't lie. Uh, well, it was a good time. time. It yeah, was, it's still fun to go back to. When, so I, when you play the if thing I had a time machine, and I know how much you love time travel, Nathan. As if, <laughs> if I had a time machine and I could go back to classic when it was actually like it. Yeah, maybe. Right. But not now. No, definitely not now. You have a different community. You just you don't have like you don't have the same magic you had back then. Granted, it wasn't all roses, but it was still like there was magic back then. And the fact that I'm seeing them look at releasing classic, but then they're also looking at character boosts and mounts and other add-ons. It's just a it's a literal skin on a cash cow. That's all it is. Bounty Code says says by the time we get to Cataclysm Classic, they'll be introducing the NFTs. That sounds about right. Oh my god. That's the the progression we're going, yeah. You imagine exactly. they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna re-release um, Warlords of Draenor classic, and oh then they're gonna God. make your your uh, oh. they're gonna make your garrison oh. like a bunch of NFT shit. That's what's gonna oh, happen. Why? Why are we doing this to ourselves? Or loot boxes. Now oh, you see God. you see how 
Do you see how like now loot boxes aren't even the ultimate evil? You oh, know, like <laughs> first oh. it was cash shops in general, and it was like loot boxes, and then it was NFTs, and it's like, dude, you guys keep coming out with such horrible ideas that the previously horrible ideas now seem innocent in comparison. Um, so they but do. anyway, we got to talk about though. We got to talk about Dragonflight, which was leaked by Blizzard themselves. Yes. So we know we know it's real. Yeah. Um, Yep. Which was leaked a long time ago by this guy that I don't remember who he is. Um, yep. And he, he also leaked a bunch of other stuff. And it all came true, right? He was the one that's like the legit leaker because every time yeah. he leaked something, it was like it happened. Yep. Yep. Yes. And some of it was like unbelievable at the time. So he, he, he couldn't have. I'm sorry, but he could have accidentally landed on that name and got it right. Right. Uh, he is a it was a genuine leak, and he claims actual player housing is coming. Three new classes, um, dragon <sighs> expansion. I mean, come on, when you're going under, when your MMO's in yeah. trouble, release a dragon expansion, man. Yeah. that's a smart move. That's a smart move. I mean, that was where do you go after Wrath of the Lich King? Let's give him dragons and then give him coagulated sure. blood and stuff that's coming out of a <laughs> maelstrom. Looks like red pus creature disgusting that's, that's richard garriott's blood oh no <laughs> oh my god crossover baby crossover <laughs> that's what happens when he goes in space coagulated space blood yeah and and actually richard god. garriott was actually talking about the world of warcraft mobile game oh, no, that no. is that, that, that's that's what it is oh no you take a portal of the avatar to space to collect um, his blood in a vial and then you return it to a dragon that's, right. that's the epic quest line. And There's a few more side quests in there, but you'll you get the gist, right? <laughs> oh my god! What do we even think about that World of Warcraft? Like it's just it is. This is literally the pay pig man, right? The cash cow. They are just milking it for everything it's worth, man. Everything it's worth. Yeah, why not? What if they actually did release classic and go up into the new ones and go a different direction with story? Would it yeah. be big brain or like kind of dirty still? I still think it's dirty. I don't I care would what too. they do. I would too. Yeah. Stop, stop retreading the same shit and putting a new skin on it. I'm yeah. kind of sick of that. Really? Microsoft needs to like hunt for some uh, a, a good energized new staff, you know, led by somebody who's Got got seasoned in the industry and um and and just start over with the Diablo franchise, right? Oh, um, gosh, Diablo dude. Online, baby, let's do it. Oh, you, the glory you days could be back. Ooh. Damn, I'd be, that all, would be fun. I'd be all over Diablo MMORPG, man. Me too. Yeah, I would. That would make actually it be fun. Easy, Don't make it top down. That would, I think, that would right. be a good time. I mean, yeah, they need to, they need to come, they need yeah. to make it like because you know, World or Warcraft was, you know, isometric. Uh -huh. So it was like this new thing where now you really feel like you're in the world. And they do the same thing with Diablo, um, and make it an MMO though. You don't right. have to, you don't have to make it, you know, like this new age stuff. It, it can just be an MMO. Um, Man, can you imagine, dude? I mean, this is like this is this is a great idea, right? Like. Diablo Online. I mean, your final boss you eventually get to. Who is it we always go after? It's Diablo, right? You could you could literally go after Diablo. Him be the final boss into the game. That's it. And all the way up until then, it's figuring out like the demonic plans as they're hatching. You could have so much fun with that. 
Yeah, you could, you could, you could like, yeah. you don't have to do Diablo with you the don't. launch of the game, right? You could no, just later. insinuate, yep. you know, and and you're yep. taking out demons yep. per expansion, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Bigger, badder, more iconic. You build up your strength as one of many, not the chosen one, but one of many that are on the path to help vanquish evil and cleanse the land of demonic influence. Right. There's so many ways you can go. You could you could have a whole expansion about how people are getting driven insane by demonic whispers or something, you know, and you got another one about like lesser demons. And you, the final expansions like the end of the game and it's taken out, you know, some crazy behemoth version of like Diablo. Right. But just don't let it be reflective of like fucking Deathwing and World of Warcraft, please, because that's a horrible idea and then maybe while you're doing that you worked on world of warcraft 2 and actually deliver what people have been hoping for you to do since wrath of the lich king yeah and it's a good distraction real engine 5 (laughs) religion 5 yeah you imagine if they actually like partnered with like epic games and unreal engine 5 to bring the next world of warcraft and actually went back to the basics and did it right uh all it could have been man I don't believe it'll all, ever happen, but all these ideas are too good. I they are exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would have never do. They're too, too creative, guys. Yeah, yeah, we need to dial it back a little and throw some yeah. NFTs in there. Right. These are kind of words get you fired at Blizzard. Okay, guys, this is why. That's why we're struggling to get you know to get our feet running in the Gosh, industries. You know, you gotta you gotta tone it back a lot. Ah. Uh. Keep your expectations low, boys, and you'll never be disappointed. <laughs> like uh, Black Bow said, do you think Unreal Engine Five is better than WoW Engine? Not a trick question. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Hands down. Especially now, you know. Especially now. I mean, the the engine that World of Warcraft uses it was great for its time. It was really good for its time. Sure. It really was. Now, where it, where the game's at, it's limit limiting the hell out of it like yeah. to where they could go with it in so many different ways. But there's a, we're going to hit a couple D&D things, talk about something techie and we're going to wrap it up, okay? Cuz I know we got a post show discussion which isn't going to be live tonight. I'm so sorry. It's actually going to be offline with the homies here and no one's invited cuz it's top secret, but it's going to be a good time. Maybe I can hint at it. Probably not. Sorry. No, probably not. I bring you all right to the line and then sometimes just don't tell you a thing and you hate me for it. But yet sometimes you love me for it. But I promise there's something I'm going to be talking about with them that I'll tell you all about real soon that I can't talk about. With that being said, Idle Champions, D&D's cartoon characters, Idle Champions strategy game. Idle Champions is something I always hear that makes me a little... Mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Hesitant? Mobile game-ish filling? Yeah, idle. Isn't there a game that's idle something? It's called Idle Heroes or something? Uh, Yeah, man. I don't know about all that, but when I looked at the article, I was like, this is like, you know, it it sounds like a great idea, just maybe not the idle part, because it looks kind of fun. But I'm like looking at the article and I can read through it for you on some of the points here. It said they are bringing the dungeon master from the 1983 D&D cartoon into the fold. Idle Champions is a free to play D&D strategy game available on Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, iOS and Android. There you go. We just did it right there. Does anybody feel a little dirty? I know I do. 
not in the the what is it called kind of way the D and D's got that big event coming up right at the end of this month where they're going to announce D and D Direct. Uh, also, uh, yesterday, the day before, I think it was yesterday, um, was the announcement, the press release that mm-hmm. Hasbro, which is the parent company of Wizards of the Coast, bought D and D Beyond outright and brought it in house. And Let's for those of you that. who don't know. Yes, um, D&D it. Beyond is basically was the online resource where you could go get the PDFs. It's also had its own dice rolling, character builders, everything else. And apparently, yep. for the past couple of years, D&D Beyond has been working on their own VTT system behind the scenes. Mm. And the theory is that this is what everyone's telling me on the video. The theory is that the purchase it Cohen it just syncs up with the fact that um, Hasbro said that D&D Beyond has 10 million active users. And it was the number one fastest growing revenue source for Dungeons and Dragons related products. I can believe it. So bring, they'd spend a hundred and I forget hundred and twenty-three think million dollars to bring it in house. And if that's going if that's going in hand in hand with the um the release or the soon to release version of their own virtual tabletop program, I would say you can see the licenses for Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds and other VTT programs going out the door because they're going to push everybody to use the only official D&D branded VTT program where you can get the official branded D&D products to use. That's all going to get pushed through D&D Beyond. So it's it's not – it's, it's it's a very smart decision for them from a monetization standpoint, but it does kind of screw everybody else. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of other announcements come as they squeeze that that uh, Dungeons and Dragons apple for as much as they can. Does make me wonder if uh, doing stuff in your you know D and D tabletop world if we be transitioning. You imagine if they like go hey official and you're like ah shit. Yeah, if that, if, that, if that kind of stuff, we'll have to roll with those punches as we do it. But considering mm-hmm. we're using the 5th edition rule set, if that sort of thing were to really be true and not just a rumor, then we would eventually yeah. end up migrating over to the to the official D&D, assuming they you? still permit homebrew you know, Oh, I'm sure they would. That point. Oh, they would I'm have sure to. Would. It's no different than the OGL that they've got yep. out there. Because they want people on their platforms. Exactly. If you're there, you're potentially spending money buying products, investing even more into said platform. True story. And and don't forget, too, that it seems like it'd be a little too early for this, but we really had no idea where they're at in development. Fair. Uh, It's possible we could hear a little bit about the uh, Dungeons & Dragons open world uh, single player game, too. Mm. Please be Dragonlance. It's probably not, but please be Dragonlance. Ooh, uh, so there was some stuff around uh, the the show that Daedalus is looking forward to, um, but I'm not going to talk about it um, because, you know, it's a little point. It's a point of frustration. We don't want to get too political here. But, yeah, it's um, not it's not like a couch situation, more like a love seat. <laughs> God, <laughs> why the reference? Why? We're so close to the end. Why? Why? Why do we have to make people feel I'm just, like... I'm just making sure the viewers understand oh, this. Dude. Because we're so close to the end, we got to make sure there's a good climax. Yeah, the couch is not coming with me to my next place. I just want you all to know that. A year from now, two years from now, it's gone because I need to cleanse myself of your shenanigans. Also, <laughs> because it's, it's stuck to the floor at this point. So it's <laughs> oh, you can't move that anywhere, oh, right? dude. This is BS, I'm man. Gonna, 
<laughs> guys, pay attention ridiculous. because you'll see the couch gone, no. and his, and then there'll be that same couch will be sitting back here. It's the same thing. It'll right? be just uh, painted white. I'll be like, look how clean it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's white pleather. Like, <laughs> don't 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 sell the leather you'll crack the paint <laughs> like, i'm gonna i'm gonna buy i'm gonna try <laughs> to buy that couch just so the day i look back and i don't say hang on one second please i just kind of push <laughs> it in the view <laughs> I, I can see the merch now lfm show that there's a couch in the center of the, the shirt well, did you see the did you see the um dude the uh screenshot has that was that in your discord sim that you, sh- that you there's no the screenshot night? what are you talking about oh you mean the that head, thing head someone shot. made in the community <laughs> i think i put that in the picture screenshot. shares that is not a screenshot someone made a ridiculous advertisement it's literally two pictures up in discord <laughs> And I'm not going to talk about it any any further than that. I'm just going to say, if you want to know, you have to go look. It's not my artwork. It's someone <laughs> took my face, threw it on a thing, not the couch, but threw it in a picture, put the couch behind me, and put a, a title up top. And it's not true. It's not even real. I just want you to understand. Okay? That's what you understand. And yes, uh, V Rising, that game we've definitely talked about. We're looking... We're were some of us interested in it for sure uh, okay yeah. so this one this is just this is actually something that i've seen multiple posts about recently it's nasa talking about warp drive this is something that's been coming up a lot and it's not something we're going to see in our lifetime but like the science is starting to be more and more credible to awesome. support yeah. yeah i mean again because we know how we could do it doesn't mean we have the capability to do it at this point is basically the takeaway. But ha- this reference point is not specifically about warp drive because I know I'll never see it in my lifetime. None of us will. But the idea that that could happen one day, that's freaking amazing. And what's even cooler about that is how many things have come to be created via technology as a result of amazing science fiction or works of fiction in general, right? I remember back to, and we're going all the way back to the next generation. Remember those computers that Picard would sit there typing into before laptops were a big thing? Remember the pads that they walked around with and they were typing on before we had iPads? Remember that? Remember the tricorders? Remember the phones and watches in the... Yeah. (laughs) You have them now. And now we got stuff like that. It's just amazing to see things that looked in our lifetime to be something we never actually see exist. And now as grown ass adults, I'm literally walking around with a phone that's no thicker than the thing I saw that can do, you know, tons of things that I never thought were conceivable back then. So shout out to innovation and technology and all the, all the things that could be one day. Cause that's just freaking awesome. All the unreal, if you will, things as we're entering the unreal era. But my friends, I'm afraid that's bringing us to the end of our show today. I know. Sad. You'd think after two weeks we'd have an even longer show to be filled. But I know there's at least one to two people on the show right now who are contemplating falling out, potentially. I don't know. (laughs) Renfell was like getting nuked where he lives. He's been getting nuked since he's moved there, in fairness. And Daedalus and and I. It's been hot, but the AC is keeping up with it. Nice. That's good. 
yeah, yeah. It's starting to level off now. So, right. We're, we're about two <laughs> months away from where I'm talking about how I've got to I live upstairs in a sticky environment because summers just make it all human sticky and Daedalus and I we're, we're both in the same bus on that one. When we, we've done stuff previously, just a reminder, if you're here with us live or otherwise, we got our community day tomorrow. Looking forward to kicking it with the homies. Um, yeah, we got Ash's Pathfinder podcast, sister show to this show on Sunday, 5 p.m. Um, talking Ashes of Creation. Got some stuff there we're talking about. Um, we do the Ashes or the Pathfinder post show there. We usually do a uh, post show here, the LFM post show here for a little bit uh, or a game depending on the night when we have time. But tonight I will not, unfortunately. But we will be here tomorrow to hang out with the homies and with that being said looking forward to next lfm show um i got some things in store for this show we're, we're getting closer to the 100th episode and that includes a complete rework of the scene and the artwork for the thumbnails is already changing that might be your indicator as to what the scene and appearance will start to look like when we get closer to 100 episodes so friends Shout out to my homies here in the party, Renfield, Nathan, and Daedalus. Why don't we go down the row and have you all shout out your domains where people can find you when you're not on this show. My personal stuff is youtube.com forward slash Renfail. I'm doing a lot of stuff there, gaming, streaming most days in the mornings. Um, and I've got the Mondays in Middle Earth show just started a couple weeks back. We're going and reading through all of the lord of the rings content did the hobbit and then the fellowship right now doing the entire lord of the rings and Silmarillion ahead of the rings of power so that we can continue to ridicule that show as it comes out um Green. and yes <laughs> and apart from that um tabletop stuff all the big stuff is happening at patreon.com forward slash wandering hermits um if you haven't checked that stuff out yet the books are coming out on june 1st i just wrapped up all the content for the tabletop books yesterday nathan Gave me a buttload of new artwork on Sunday. He's got more character art coming down the pipeline. Chris's artwork is in there and everything else. You can pre-order the books now because um, those will be out here in really quick in a couple of months. Um, and then once those drop, the tentative start date for the live streaming of the Weave and Void campaign on our Twitch channel is June mm, 5th. Right. And we're still meeting on Sunday nights, obviously, with some... Uh, uh, some technical difficulties because of my backwoods internet, which I'm sort of getting sorted out now. Uh, but anyway, if you want to hang out with Simmer, myself, Nathan, Bounty Code Sparrow, my brother and my wife, to talk about all the things related to the Weave and the Void, uh, you can see us on Sunday night at 9 p.m. on twitch.tv forward slash Weave and Void. I apologize for that background noise. My phone's wife, my wife's phone's going off. Oh, good. Anyway, that's all my stuff. Cool. Nathan. Yeah, uh, you can find me at the Nathan Napalm on YouTube and um, same thing on Twitter. Um, and then, yeah, like Renfo said, uh, come join us on Sunday on the Weave and Void uh, Twist channel. It's actually just Weave and Void. Uh, come follow us and join us Sunday night as we do that. And then um, only other thing I want to say is uh, Monday nights, I also run my own D&D campaign on the Nathan yeah. Napalm YouTube channel. Nice. Daedalus. All right, you can. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash the Ashton Herald. All right, friends. As always, right, might be the end of our show. 
I thought we're always looking for more to join the party rants of plenty. And before we sign off, I'm going to say, yes. Remember how we started off and talked about the rings of power? No, we didn't. I didn't reference it for a reason, but this is a damn good example of a freaking company thinking they know exactly what you want. Thinking influencers, like we talked about earlier, are just going to like roll over and give you what you want because they want a piece. Nope. Some people got principle and those of us who still do are in opposition with you. So with that being <laughs> said, uh, shout out to all the homies who are here, uh, all the all the supporters on Patreon and uh, and all the Imperial Flames here as well. We're going to see you tomorrow for Community Day. We're going to see you next week on Thursday for uh, the next LFM podcast. So until next week, stay safe, walk in the light, have a great night, and we're going to see you all again real soon. Much love, everybody. Take care, everyone. Good night.